I drink till the night comes another day and the day's just another little thing in our way. There's something about the way you beat me down that I'll never learn. You're the pint of no return. The pain in my chest, the stain on your dress, the glass in my eye. But this life is a joke and death is the punch. I'm Well, beepity beep beep kids, you are probably wondering where the heck is Christina? Why is it just Marion that I'm seeing on my screen right now? Well, uh, Christina will be here momentarily because we are uh, full-time moms, myself also a full-time registered nurse, uh, both raising uh, full families full of children with children yet to come and children who are graduating and uh, children who have very special needs and spouses who are medically disabled and all of that good regular life stuff. Um, we just didn't have a chance to do a decent intro for the episode that you will be listening to today. Uh, I would also like to give a big big shout out to Mercury Retrograde, the recent full moon and the solar eclipse that happened last night for making this all extra possible. Anyway, today you are going to be listening to an episode that we just recorded with Mr. John Wayne Kaminali. And let me tell you, this was a whole hell of a lot of fun. And there is a very special musical surprise at the end of this ep. So get ready, sit back, relax, get ready to laugh your ass off. This was a blast. Have a great time. Here we go. All over the place. I'm a giver. Well, John Wayne Kaminali. Yes. Welcome to Mothers of Mayhem. We are always something with us. So excited to have you. I'm excited to be here. I've been stoked. Before we get started, I just want you to know that we always refer to you as JWC, but my uh-huh. primary language that I took in high school was French. So every mm. time I say JWC in my brain, it comes out JWC. So every time I think uh, me, my well, brain is like, oh, we're going to talk to JWC. That's uh, right. That's the, right. Je m'appelle Je Duble <laughs> Right? Ça va? Je <laughs> no, it's unfortunately, funny. Unfortunately, the Duble in France is the bathroom. So, hell yeah, it is. Let's let's not, <laughs> we'll just not regard that part. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I took three years of French and I can say Harry Coverts and Who, Palme I de Terre. I can are say those that. Spa- is that Spanish? Mm-hmm. Is that French? Harry Colbert is asparagus, right? I thought Harry Colbert was a, he sung in that One Direction band. Wasn't that him? Close, close. Green beans. Green beans. Oh, green beans. Harry Colbert, he's got good style, man. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. he's slick. (laughs) This is off the rails already, and I'm loving it. He only has one good solo album. It's very Harry Nielsen-esque, but other than that, you knew this was going to happen when we you, did. When you we brought did. me on. You we did. Know. And so we have like no script for this. So yeah. this is perfect for us. 
And yet, we're still going to bring the incredibly thoughtful and insightful questions. And you did hit, the questions. This I'm going to hit you with one. She's like, on I'm, it. This is amazing because I don't usually do the questions. So I was pretty proud of myself. Nice. Hit me. So I'm very interested to start off just by talking about the Cadillac man. Yeah. It actually, even though it's your most recent book, it was the first of your books that I read. And uh-huh. um, it is also, after going through and researching and looking at everything you've done, it's your longest. It taps out at like 406 pages. Yeah. And the character of the titular Cadillac man, he's essentially like a supernatural embodiment of the most insidious and quietly horrific traits found in actual human people who have sociopathic and narcissistic personality disorders. And to me, the most terrifying thing about this character is my knowledge as the reader, that there are real people in this world who engage in very similar evil manipulations of other humans, despite not having the Cadillac man's supernatural talents. Mm. And I would love to know more about the inspiration where he came from and his creative evolution as you were building him and kind of taking him on this journey because he is a character fascinates me and I want to know more about how he was kind of spawned in there oh that's awesome thank you very much first of all um so the Cadillac man I kind of I started referring to him as like an anti-guardian angel um when I talk about this book to people because that that kind of best you know 30,000 feet encapsulates him you know he's definitely an he's he's an anti-guard he's there like a guardian angel would be kind of but he's he's got a different agenda yeah and so this was like I wrote this um over the pandemic but this wasn't like I tell people like yeah, I wrote this during the pandemic but not because like the pandemic you know like <laughs> not too much of my like nothing was really changed because I was already work. I mean, I was already just writing full time, working from home. I didn't like lose an office or, or something like that. So I was already writing this, but then I think like my, as you know, as it went on and I was stuck uh, at my house and I couldn't travel anymore and things got worse and worse that started to influence the way the Cadillac man uh, kind of went. Oh, um, that's interesting. For me, because it didn't start off like that. It wasn't like I'm so frustrated. This is what I'm writing during the, the pandemic. It was right. like, I, this is my work in progress, and now the world falls apart around me. So I don't know. And I've just always been fascinated with people's just choices and and what you know the psychology behind why just why things happen based on you know you, you keep pulling that string and you go back and back and back and yeah. you know. And the, the Cadillac man is, is just, uh, almost like, um, I don't know. There's like a dog fight going on in the outside. <laughs> <laughs> welcome. Welcome to Las Vegas. Right? <laughs> Lived there. You know, it's very interesting because the story moves forward. You can really see the correlations that occur because of cause and effect. Like we make choices that have consequences and sometimes those consequences lead to impacts on other people's lives and, the trajectories of other people's lives simply because they were like, they got involved at the wrong time <laughs> in the wrong place. And it just kind of almost like the butterfly effect. It's like, um, I, I was trying to really create like a sense of, of dread with the Cadillac man, because oh, yeah. like he, 
everything kind of just gets cut off like the, the based on these these choices that these people make and plus like i've been told not only with this book with other books that i've written that like these some of the, these characters are completely unlikable yeah like i i think that's kind of more real like i write a lot of unlikable characters i guess in the sense of like well this is real and you really wouldn't like this person in real life so i'm not going to try to make you like them just read the fucking story no not just but like right? but yeah they're no, not supposed these these aren't likable people and most people you meet aren't likable you don't like them anyway so that's like what let I me was just gonna say. It, and it doesn't and it doesn't like you know i'm no spoilers but it's not like this wraps up in a happy like little fucking thing you know but that's also kind of like how life is like i just it just keeps yeah. going and going and doesn't necessarily have a happy ending or a bad ending or even an ending. Sometimes it's just like, oh, well, damn, this is life, I guess, you know, it's a I never know. ending tumbleweed. We just keep rolling forward and <laughs> through shit and over shit. And absolutely. It's like a never ending cycle. So when you, it, yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, you know, that actually kind of leads me to this other question that I had. These two are a little bit connected, but a lot of your writing involves the blending of supernatural horror plus real world horror, true human flaws and evils that we all know actually exist in the world, exacerbated or made more powerful by a paranormal influence. Is this a conscious piece of your horror author like modus operandi or is it a facet that you find to be more organically driven by your personal experiences and perceptions of the world around you and man's inhumanity to man and just the fact that everybody's a bag of dicks? <laughs> um, well, okay, so little column A, little column B. Like I definitely, so the, the stories that always like have fascinated me and, and uh, you know, what I broke my brain on as a kid were like you know outer limits twilight zone the amazing stories these were like you know had always this kind of touch of fascination of something going on i really like being able to play in in the kind of sandbox of magical realism when i'm doing stuff and kind of like taking that in and out well now this is just how it is because these are the rules of this universe like kind of like a twilight zone episode like you mm -hmm. just have to accept that that's what's happening um and I'm, of course, I'm, I'm fascinated with the occult and, and that kind of thing. Uh, and um, that shows through in a lot of my writing. But yeah, it is, it is a conscious choice. I like to blend those things because that's just kind of like my shit, you know. Um, and I was talking about this actually to Triana and uh, Aaron Beauregard the other night because we were doing a podcast. Shouts out to those guys. Um, versus like writing versus like, uh, like the true, like somebody, like the man putting his hand through your window and, and pulling you out versus you know, the man that is in your dream or, you know, it is conjured somewhere or is haunting the shadows. Like there's different fears there. Like one's very real. And another one is like, is that real? You know, it affects us different uh -huh. ways, I think, you know, and I like to just blend those things together. That's, that's like kind of the thing I like to do and uh, keep you guessing all the way. Awesome. Christina, do you want to hit him with a question? Sure. Hey, I haven't passed out yet, so this is a good Monday for me. Let me tell you. Like everybody knows. Everybody from bo knows. from boredom or what? No, 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 no. From fangirl syndrome. It's from the fangirl syndrome. Not a lot of women I'm have it. it out. But, but it's, it's, you know. So 
within the indie horror community, you're known as the jack of all trades. You do narration. Um, I have all of the ones that you've narrated every single. Oh, cool! Thank you. Every one of them. Um, I almost have all the books too. I'm I'm close. I'm coming in. I'm close. Did you hit? Did you listen to the new Max Booth one that I just did? The Maggot Screaming. No, is it up on Audible yet? Up, up on Facebook. It's one it, one credit. I have like uh, four credits. And I, I one just of my got credits twenty-four credits. <laughs> yes. Nice. That no, one was a lot of fun later. to do, and that that one's that that one's pretty long. It's like ten and a half hours, and it's a that lot. That one of- just came out because I yeah. literally just checked last night. Yeah, <laughs> I literally just checked last night. I'm making notes, so bear with me. Cool, do it. Um. But you're an artist. You're a podcaster. You have two podcasts. You have uh, John Wayne Lied to You and uh, Vital Issues with Christopher Triana. Vital Social Issue. Get it right, Christina. God. What a- no, no, you're <laughs> fine. You're fine. It's a, it's, no, it's a mouthful. <laughs> it is. You're like fired. I'm hiring John Cardinalis. Yes. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm free. Now he's I'm got free. three podcasts. <laughs> actually i mean i don't i mean i do right, have th- i do have three podcasts now he's got on, four. on my patreon <laughs> oh that's right we'll get to that patreon yeah we'll get to it let's get to it um i know right <laughs> you obviously have a deep love for all of these roles is there one that you enjoy more than the others um hmm no uh no, because like it's it's like I've I am very busy, but I'm very driven, I'm very disciplined, and I tell people that a lot. Like I'll be the only thing good at is being disciplined, because when I say I'm going to do something, I do it. But I also know what it takes to get where I've gotten and where I'm going. So I I kind of know that it's not an instant gratification thing. I know the work that has to go into it, and I I I to make this whole machine keep going, I can't just. At, at this moment, just write book. You know, you have to plug everything in that you do. The voices, right. the music, the art, like, and when it all comes together now, like, as I've been doing this for a few years, the machine is starting to to chug along at this kind of pace that's nice. Um, but I, it's hard to say I, if I like any of those things better than the other, because it's really cool to me to be able to be like okay i'm doing i'm writing i'm writing ah, man i'm done writing i'm gonna pick up a guitar and work on this for a while and oh man i gotta draw this thing for you know the thing you know just pull that out and start sketching and drawing so i'm always engaged and it keeps me from like it holds me accountable because i'm always like i got i can have something i can be doing i don't need to be sitting here you know i know i make it look like i'm just like woohoo and shit all the time like <laughs> online but uh, I like all of those things. And I think I've, I'm super like appreciative that I get to do all of those things. Like I've plugged in those, those tools to, you know, keep it going. So it's did I answer the question? I'm pretty high. I don't know. It's actually it's okay. a it's really okay. good psychological we'll safety work. net though, isn't it? Yeah. Because you have these various things that you love. It's provided structure with flexibility. Mm-hmm. So you can jump from all of these things that you feel passionate about without over over extending yourself in one area and causing burnout so as soon as your brain is like i don't want to fucking write today i can't write today i don't know how to do this you have four other things that you know you're good at that you enjoy doing it and you can just choose one and you jump to that for a couple of days like that's 
not a bad way to live life. <laughs> I think if we all taking notes, often, I'm taking notes. It's, it's about because Christine and I are like this far from burnout right now. It's bad. <laughs> like it is, yeah. it is because and I'm like, oh, we need I to don't be more have, like Jay Dublase. Like, yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's hard because uh, it's e- like easier said than done to balance all those things out because I definitely have learned the hard way about like taking on too much stuff. And being like, okay, I can't do this many things at once, but you know, I'm used to like playing in two bands at once and doing this and that. And like, and then I just, I just to, had a period where I took on way too much and I was like, this fucking sucks. I can't do all of this, you know? So it's, it's a live and learn type type of thing. So I've learned to kind of balance that out and, and get to where it's like you, and you hear people say this all the time. We're like, ah, I don't have to take every gig that comes along now. And I'm always like, when I hear people say, I'm like, well, fuck you. But like, it's, it's true. So now you can fuck me if you want. Like, you don't have to take everything that comes along, you know? Right. It, it's, it's important to like, be able to know, like recognize, like I have to take a step back and breathe uh, a minute, you know? And, and everything is not gonna crumble uh, down around me the, you know th- this is all my own shit that I have to deal with in my head <laughs> but it but, will so, if I you feel don't like take you're talking directly to back. me right now like I feel <laughs> like this is my life and you're like <laughs> Christina focus yeah well Christina, no I'm just saying get it's, a grip take a break <laughs> it's hard and and you do and burnout's different for everybody and how you deal with yeah. it you know some people like I'm going to drive on through. I'm going to keep plugging away, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because it's like, this is what I do. So I have to keep doing it now. And, I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll cycle through the burnout. Other times, like it, it affects people. You can, Hey, I don't want to hate something that I love doing. Like, I don't want to be like, fucking, I hate podcasting. Cause I have to fucking do it. You know, sadly, that's where I'm at is yeah. um, not the podcasting, but like reading. Cause I mean, I've been doing anywhere from 30 to 50 books a month since Jeez. July since July of last year. Wow. That's, as, that's as long as I've been in this. Because yeah. I come from a literary fiction background. Like, yeah. you know, give me weathering heights, you know, and then I find Simon Take McCarty. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like such a difference for yeah. me, you know. But it's it's true. Like you get going. I mean, I've been sick for the past two weeks and I'm just like, I don't want to look at books right now. Because you feel that guilt. Like, I feel. Yeah. Like, I should be fucking reading. I should be reviewing. And, you know, my friends depend on me. And it's like, I got to. Well, yeah, you're talking to you're talking to somebody that's been in like therapy for 12 years talking about this stuff. So it's like uh, we're all all, this is one of the things (laughs) one of the things that works that works for me, like in having to like take a break from stuff because I'm always like I should be doing this I should be doing that is all the traveling that I do because I can't when I'm driving like I know that I cannot I'm driving I, right. I have to drive I can't do this and that and I'll take some time here and there to, to work on something and I'll still promote and post as I'm going but that helps me to break the time like break things up a little bit you know be, rather than just pounding my fucking head like I'm writing all goddamn day to day forever right. you know it's just like I can't today I have to do this and that helps me relieve a little bit of the like steam out of the pot kind of of like yeah i don't have control over that right now i've got I have to go to this and i get to go to this and and you're gonna have a great time there man so it's gonna be all you know it's like all those things as in your head that you're like it, it doesn't it's not gonna fall apart because you because you take a little break away from it you have to do what you have to do or else uh like you said you don't want to hate reading books yeah. do you because right. then you'll you be then you'll be writing. my enemy you'll be right. my enemy. <laughs> 
pray. It will be sworn enemies. You'll be, you'll be like God one of those damn it. people. Stop writing so many fucking books. Yeah. I think that's the problem. If everybody would just stop writing for like one month, maybe. We'll all take a month. Let's all agree to take a collective <laughs> month off. Give a give all of us a breather. It's right. a thirty day Netflix and chill. All right, <laughs> respect it. Respect the thirty day window. Um, I uh, no. What were we talking about? Well, uh, I'm you actually. Even matter. You started talking about the traveling. <laughs> yeah, and that was a specific question of mine mm-hmm. for you, because just based on my observations of all of these different people that I watch within the community, you spend an extraordinary amount of time traveling and on the Mm -hmm. road far more than anybody else triana included and you're just always moving from convention to convention event to event have you always had a nomadic traveler spirit or was this something you felt was a necessary means to your end uh, both. So like I played in, in bands for like 20 years, like 20 plus years. I've always just played in bands. And like, so that mindset, that approach translated to me really easily, like from that to like book, like to doing these, these tours that I do now. So like I did 32 weeks on the road last year and like, I have like 25 so far this year, right half now, the things year, like that. Dude. I know, but like, I love it. Like I, like somebody said, like, it, you know, you have to be built for this it's not for everyone for sure but it's like you put it together and I wouldn't you you figure it out as you go you learn how to do it right and it's just like I wouldn't uh I don't know I couldn't go back to not doing I'd love to do it at least at least for now at least like all these years that I've been doing it so far hasn't gotten old yet but I also know I do feel it is a means to the end, you know, it, it's necessary. I, I often look at my career where I'm like, okay, what other artists do I gravitate towards? Do I not, not like, what artists do I love? What do they do? Like, why do I love them? And I kind of look at all that kind of stuff like that. And from a band, it's like, you can be like the biggest fucking band in, in Houston or even Texas, but no, but nobody's going to, you're, you're not going to get bigger than that. Right. If you don't travel, you know, right. you, you can throw shit out on the internet and be like, Hey, our songs on this and that, or my books are on Amazon and I'm on that and that, and that's great. And it, and, but it only helps so much as far as I, this is just me talking about me. That's all I can, you know, sure. speak from my experience, but I feel like that that connection is, is, is go, it goes a long, long way. Cause it does with me. I was that kid on the other side of the table. I've been the kid in the, in the audience singing along. I know exactly what that is. And that's what I hope to create. Uh, for people who like my stuff and I so I, that I know it's like it's about that you got to meet me man you got to talk to me I tell people I do all these conventions you know we we were at AuthorCon and Scares That Care and those are very literary driven you know of mm-hmm. course especially AuthorCon but all these other ones I do they're they're cinema driven you know these are all mo- movie driven horror shows and no one comes there to buy a book until you meet me and then you're buying all you're buying everything. We're jumping around. We're doing That's shots. We're not an easy time. sell either because most cinemaphiles aren't readers. Well, that's and that's funny because like what you were saying earlier about quitting reading, like there's people that will walk by the booth and I've, I've talked about this before and like declare like I don't read like they're very proud of that. I'm like, hey, I got books. I'm like, OK, keep walking. I shut I'm a down. Dumb idiot. Yeah, Loser. like I guess you're proud of being stupid, but. <laughs> 
but I, I mean, you'd be surprised. There's a lot of people who are into reading there. They'll be like, oh, books or mm-hmm. even some people that I do like to read. I haven't read in a while, but what is this about? You know, I, yeah. I, I like to talk to people and I know that like I'm selling books, so I have to talk to you. You know, or I could sit here and say nothing and let you just look and read the back if you want. And that's one approach, but not mine. So I'm going to talk to you and tell you about everything. And, you know, at least you're going to leave with maybe a good experience. And you had, hey, that guy, that idiot over there was funny, at least. Uh, books, what a dumbass. Yeah, <laughs> did you see his then dog? They... His dog was adorable. He let me pet his dog. So I bought yeah. five books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's how you get it. Bony is the baby. ultimate marketing machine. Let me just tell you. Bony oh, is right Boney. here. <laughs> I said to I, I said to Christina, I was like, I felt so bad because I, I got to see John at AuthorCon and I spent more time taking selfies with his dog and petting Boney than I did actually socializing with him. <laughs> that's okay. We, no, it's it's okay. The way it's going, like it's just going to be the big a banner behind me that says Boney. <laughs> Boney. John Wayne. With, with John Wayne. Like, and I'll be like, I've got some books and records in a pile over here. No, nah, we don't want to see that. And like, they're all just, you know, shaking Boney's hands and he's like kissing babies and stuff. I mean, how- Boney and his handler. Yeah. Phony and his agent. (laughs) John, how long were you living that on the road lifestyle before the pandemic hit? How many years were you at it before all of a sudden you got thrown into the prison of your own home? So um, let me see. Uh, So I always was I was doing it before with like bands and stuff, maybe for four or five years, like leading up to that steadily but we all like also had day jobs so there would we would be like away for like a week or a week and a half and come back you know that kind of stuff and that we did do a lot of regional tours because people had families and responsibilities not me of course but everybody else um so I was I was kind of doing that not to the extent that I would like to to have done it and then when I was able to make this transition and I was starting to, to see how to do it with my books and I was like oh okay this is okay boom 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 and I'm putting it together and uh, I'm cutting back, you know, my, my job, like part-time, quarter-time, no time. And uh, I'm, I'm like finally getting going and, and it's great for like a whole year. And I have all these dates like booked for the next year and then everything shut down. Um, so it was like, I mean, everybody, I mean, it's just everybody, I think, experienced that. Like, oh, I was all ready to do this and then this happened and then this happened. For me, it was like, God damn it, because I love to be on the road so much and it after like a little while that that wore on me bad like right I, I, I can't go imagine anywhere. going from one extreme yeah. to another i, yeah, I so. just i because uh, uh, you see i'm the complete home opposite. and went yeah. to always home <laughs> see i've been built for the pandemic i was like i've been training my entire my life entire <laughs> this was perfect this for is me. everything i've ever dreamed of. Like, oh my Wait. god i can just stay home for ever yes you're, you're like i got the call they, they, they <laughs> call me up. i'm ready my time has come <laughs> and it was it was terrible timing because my husband was deployed he got oh, no. deployed Mommy. in like may of 2020 and Damn. i have two special needs kids but i was like i'm ready i am oh. ready to stay home and away Boom. from people man i am good <laughs> boarding up the windows already i like Oh, I was thinking about it. I was like, he's going to come back and like can't get into the house. 
It's like Cloverfield well, over there. You know, <laughs> I imagine you probably had a nice little social safety net, though, because with the while social media is the <laughs> devil, there is also a benefit to it because you have friends all over the country and all over the world. Mm-hmm. And even though you weren't able to be seeing them physically and in person, at least you still had this entire global community of people you were able to connect with. The, yeah, that did save. That, that was cool. Like I actually had a like a stand like almost weekly. I did a, a like a Skype or Zoom call with uh, Carrie and Andy uh, from Grindhouse Press, so CV Hunt and Anderson Protein. Yeah. Um, and we would just talk for a few hours like every week. And then with um, my Patreon podcast, the Awesome Dude for Life Boner Bonus Podcast, I would just be, get there like, who wants to fucking do it? Anybody want to talk to me today for an hour? And I just line those up. And yeah, it was. Uh, it did come in handy. It helped a lot just, just to be able to rely on that group of friends from all over to be like, yeah, I'll jump on. And plus, no one has anything to fucking do anyway. So drink, drink up. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> so have you had any experiences on the road and in your travel that have ended up in uh, your stories or in any of your other parts that you create? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I like what? Li- Tell I us work- one. <laughs> She was something um, juicy. Um, okay, so let's see. I tell all. I I, uh, I definitely tell all of my uh, stories. But uh, so this one, it, this one involves Las Vegas, and uh, and where have I think I've written? So I I have a collection that's out there called John Wayne Lied to You, like the same name as my podcast. That um, our stories I used to write, I wrote for 10 years for the show in Houston called Grown Up Storytime that still goes on today where people take cre- events that happen to you. It's a creative nonfiction thing that you write the story and somebody else on the arts will perform the story, right? And I, it's always like, you won't believe it, man, like that type of thing. So I wrote for this forever. I have all these stories. This isn't a collection, but then I most recently weaved this into uh, a current work right now that uh, um, is going to come out you know, later down the line. But smash cut okay i'm in vegas here in down i live in downtown so i I come this is like several years ago i'm i'm in las vegas for a buddy's wedding and i'm on we're staying at the golden nugget on fremont street and i you you know love to smoke my weed and all this and this was before i was like what i don't give a shit i'm flying with it i know what i'm doing um so i was like man my whole like i was like i gotta figure out how to get weed guys and then we can like go ahead and live I guess so. Uh, Pause so we, on the living until I- so we get there. Um, yeah, and I'm with like you know the the girl I was with at the time, and and you, if you haven't walked down Fremont Street, it's just like packed. You know, this was pre-pandemic, and it's 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 not the strip. I don't like the strip. It's it's but it's still just packed. People are just like there's cattle all around, and uh, you're walking up the street. I'm walking in this this guy was like straight out of like a New York movie or something where he's just walking down the thing going like weed pills, Coke, weed pill. And he walks by me and I'm like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. And I, and he's like, (laughs) (laughs) so he comes up, he comes up next to me, you know, and he's like, what's up, man. And he starts walking. He's like, what you need? I was like, well, I need some weed for starters. All right. I got you. I got you weed. I got weed. (laughs) 
And he's like, smell this. And he takes like his hand out of his pocket and just puts it to my nose and then puts it back in his pocket. And I was like, okay, that smells good. And I'm like, it's weed. He's like, all right, man, what else you want? What else you want? I'm like, well, at least give me like an eighth. He's like, I got that. I got that, man. Let me, you got to get some of this Coke. You got to get some of this white. And I'm like, all right, we're in Vegas. Sure. Throw some of that in. All right. All right. All right. Cool. Cool. So we're walking up and down from like, all right, well, just give me everything. He's like, no, I can't do it. I can't give it to you here. I can't. I'm like, why? He's like, ah, there's cops everywhere. I was like, well, how about we just go right? There's a parking garage right there no man we can't we can't stop so he walks me all the way down and he walks me all the way back and i'm like dude come on i'm getting pissed and he's like i feel like this is not a reputable businessman i okay well (laughs) so so, um fool me once so he uh, he's walking we're walking and he's like all right he gives me some of the weed he's like all right give me the money. And I give him the money. And he's like, all right, hold on. We walk into the nug- golden nugget. And he goes, he's like, I'm going to the bathroom. Don't follow me. And they're going to see you follow me. And I'm like, all right. And I wait outside uh, the bathroom like in the casino and he comes out and he just like puts this thing in my hand and he's like, all right, later. And he like leaves. So I like, I have the weed and then I just look and it's like this little white bindle plastic thing, you know, and I put it in my pocket. I'm like, all right, I go upstairs the girl I'm like what I'm with is like freaking out because I've been gone for like an hour and uh, just walking around with this like crazy drug dealer guy. And I'm like, what the hell is happening? And so I go up there, I'm like, don't worry, it's all going to work out. I look like the weed. It looks decent. It's definitely less than an eighth, but it's like whatever I bought on the street. And I put this little bindle down. That's a, you know, it's plastic uh, tied up real tight. And, and I put it down on this table and I start to open, like untie the top. And I pull the plastic down and the powder inside is not losing shape at all. It's just like this still this ball. Oh and I know. And I see, I was like, what is this? And I go and I pull a little piece off of the oh white and it just starts to unravel because it's just a, a balled up napkin. Shut in, up! In, in the fucking, that they tied up. And that put motherfucker! It yeah. <laughs> I. I did a Stonis drug dealer. <laughs> lost my mind i was like all right and, I, she's back, and like the girl she's like where are you going i was like i'm gonna go kick this guy's ass so i was like she's like no no and i'm i'm just i'm like up and down fremont street just walking looking for this guy's hat looking for what he looked and i'm like just until it took me about an hour before i just was like all right you got me oh, Vegas, got me you know that's egg on my face. <laughs> because I, but yeah, I was like, whoops, because I don't gamble. So I was like, well, that was my Vegas gambling, you know? Oh, and th- yeah. so it all, it all worked out because then like the next night I actually got a, a, a legitimate hookup and went to this uh, bar that since closed and I bought um, weed uh, and smoked a blunt with a porn star. So there you go. Wow. So it all out. turned out well. But anyway, it, I did. I it did all came it together in the end. <laughs> it really did. You just had to get there. You had to work for it. Yes. I can't even and, imagine some of the stuff that you've experienced. The more you're on the road, the wilder the shit is that you just kind of stumble into. You, you just can't help it. Yeah. People are yeah, fucking crazy, man. Oh, yeah. We've had some cool adventures. Oh, I, I bet. Say. I bet. <laughs> I've had some cool adventures, but most of them are in, happened on inpatient psychiatric units, and I was the nurse who had to deal with it. So I feel That's like a there's, a more, there's a lot more. There's a lot more fun. There's a, a much funner element to it when it's happening on the street. 
<laughs> it's more gritty. It's a grittier uh, street. It's filmed in Sepia. <laughs> <laughs> right? And Fremont is crazy because I lived in Las Vegas for mm-hmm. six months, something like that, until I got knocked up. What part, did, what part of the town did you live in? Henderson. In Henderson? Okay, so yeah. Um, we live like right on 10th Street, uh, like in the arts district. Like mm. we could walk to Fremont from here. Oh, um, nice. Pretty close. But because my, yeah, my husband worked at Palms Casino. Mm. So I've Very never cool. been now, to Vegas. I would love to. It's go. really, Michael wants to go back. That's where he wants to retire to. And I'm like, okay. You should tell I'm me like, okay. when you go, and then we'll all meet there. <laughs> yeah. Right? You guys right. gotta come out, man. We gotta come out and party for sure. Oh, yeah. I just want to eat food. Like that's all. Oh my god! And the food is so good there. Like the we'll food is. Yeah, we'll take oh, in a gosh. food store, man. Oh my like, gosh! And I'm a fat kid, so I'm all about food. Man, and and like they're such good. Like I'm, I don't even like food because I'm just like a food is fuel person. But uh-huh. like my girlfriend is vegan. And uh, so I'm just like, whatever, I'll eat vegan stuff. Doesn't fucking matter to me. But dude, like you scratch the surface a little bit of like food. There's like, we had this badass pizza from this place, like Yukon pizza that was starting up in uh, the Vegas test kitchen. That's like just around the block from us. And he got a brick and mortar, but he made us like a, it's all fire roasted. Like, oh yeah. That he built. And he made (gasps) us a special like vegan pizza the other night. And uh, it was awesome. So, yeah, you can find all kinds of crazy shit. Oh. Like, if you like food, I got you, man. Yes. We liked the Irish pubs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I like got those. <laughs> that's, that's, oh, man. That is a fat kid dream. Oh, my it's God. Got I love everything scotch egg. <laughs> scotch <laughs> eggs are good. Oh, my those God. Are, oh my God. Like a Great. Now I want one <laughs> and I'm in fucking Alaska. These dum dums. Hey, we'll have to send them to you. I'm not gonna ask Please you. Do. I'm not gonna ask you what your real name is, but is John Wayne part of your real, actual real name, or was that a moniker you chose for yourself? And if it's a moniker you chose for yourself, why that? So you can ask me. You can cool? ask me what my real name is because my real name, my first name is John Wayne. I was really? named after the actor. Yes, not, none of this is a put on. I'm not playing a character. This is not a, a pseudonym. That is my real first name. Uh, my last name is Communale. It means community in Italian. But yeah, it's been my life struggle because I always have to correct people. Like, no, it's not. It's not John. It's John Wayne. And my mom, I, my, I have flashbacks of my mom just on the phone with every school I ever went to. And like, it's John Wayne. That's his first name. Just like, you know. <laughs> oh so, my God. Yeah. Your mom sounds like a personality right there. She, <laughs> she's well, like, she's God me. damn it. The boy's name is John Wayne. She, I yeah. know. I was there. I was there. <laughs> She's uh yeah, so it's been my I call it my life struggle, but I le- I lean into it, you know. That's why everything is like John Wayne is dead. That's my band, and that's like kind of what I do all my art under, and, and really is my name. At least she didn't slap you with his actual real name, because then you and I would both have the same name. We would marry him. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's and right. It's funny because people come to my table. Well, first of all, we're reaching this point, a generational thing where people come to the table and they don't even have like a knowledge of who John Wayne, the actor was. They think well, that's wild. it's John Wayne Gacy. I'm oh my like God. Oh, well, horror people. Yeah. Number, yeah, oh remember, I guess it's a horror right. thing, but also like, they don't even know. Like they're like John Wayne, who the actor, who? you know, and you're like, all right, keep get going. But then you get other <laughs> people. Just cry a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Other people who just want to like, oh, well, John Wayne, but you didn't know. I'm like, bitch, I know everything about John Wayne. You cannot 
you know, people try to like, just like, yeah, did you know this? Did you know that? Yeah, I know it all, dude. Are you going to buy a book or what? So, <laughs> if you're going to harass me, buy something first. Yes. What's your favorite John Wayne flick? Uh, my favorite is, uh, well, True, True Grit, um, even long before they did the uh, remake, which I also love. But um, the Cowboys was one of my favorites when I was a kid because it had kids in it. You know, they were doing the whole cattle ride with John Wayne. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. My dad would watch all that shit. So like the shootest and all, all that, all that stuff. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I was doing some digging around online last night. Looking at your stuff. Found my nudes. Yes, I, I did. Well yeah. done. Thank nice. You. Taste. Nice the keyword is tasteful. Tasteful. Yes. Um. But did you know that there's a signed hardcover edition of Death Fun and Teenage Scum on eBay that's currently going for over $150? Because that is impressive. That's and there, cool. there are other well-established authors that are like transgressive, subversive. That I, that I was like, okay, so JWC's got one up here for $150. So I was like. Who else has stuff on here for more? And the only people I could find were Brian Keene, Rath James White, uh, Ed Lee, Richard Lehman, mm. and Jeff Strand. But those dudes have been writing for decades. Yeah. Decades. Whereas you are relatively like a young buck in the game. How does it feel to know that within the fan community, on the fan level, outside of like the industry, the fans are already <laughs> valuing pieces of your work that highly. How does that feel? Because you, you're like only not even a decade into this yet, right? No, yeah, it it feels awesome. It feels great. I'd be lying if I. <laughs> was like oh i am humbled <laughs> by it because i love all those guys you know and um <clears throat> a lot of them have helped me you know especially brian keen has like you know been awesome an awesome uh supporter of mine and, and helped me out a lot but yeah it's it's one of those things again where we were talking about taking a break from things where you just kind of have to allow yourself to sit back and be like yeah i I worked hard to do that. Now, now let's mm -hmm. go keep working hard again. Yeah. But it, you have to, and I, I do think it's awesome. I think it's, it's very cool that when death scum and TV fun came out, you know, that's a thunderstorm release. And I was like, there's like 46 of them made. And I, I was just like, man, I hope I at least sell like, he sells like a couple of them on the first day, man. I was just kind of nervous when he released them and they were like gone in two hours. So yeah, I was well, like, wow. Okay. So when I found this, my first instinct was, I, I was like, okay, well, let me search for the other contemporaries, his contemporaries. So I searched for Triana. I searched for Volpe. I searched for Beauregard. I searched for any of the others who are really like slamming stuff out now. Nobody else has books valued at what your books are valued you at on eBay. Wow. Even wow. Triana. That, he was the first one I, because you guys are very much very close and you're you you very much share a fan community yeah. and i was surprised it's, <laughs> it could be that he just doesn't nobody's got stuff up right now for chiana but yeah, currently they probably already bought it. of the modern contemporaries yours are the highest price and i was like wow that speaks volumes because that is evidence of how the fans value uh oh where'd she go there she is yeah. And not how the industry well, values your I don't art, take but it how for the granted. fans value your art. And I just found that to be very interesting. 
because from where your point is and then it jumps to like brian and wrath and people are selling shit for like fifteen hundred dollars a piece <laughs> right yeah it, yeah but still well, that, it's great. i was like it's- yeah, I, I, I'm glad it's paying off. You know, it's like a lot of grinding. You know, but you see the building, like you see, uh, and I acknowledge all the time people that do come back and see me in the different cities. Like now, every time, and the, you know, it gets a little bit bigger. And it's not lines of people yet, but it's still like, hey, what's up? Oh shit, you, you know that, that kind of thing. So it's it's good to see that. It's it's cool. It's very humble and nice. I bet it really validates all the hard work. <laughs> Cause that's what's what we all need. Right. And to have that happen probably just feels so good. So, so it does good. feel good. It does, but that doesn't mean that I'm not like, eh, am I good? I'm good. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, no. We all love, we all love <laughs> yeah. imposter syndrome. Imposter yeah, syndrome is great. <laughs> the fans might think well, I'm great, but I personally think I'm shit. <laughs> I do try to, I do try to break out of that, but I, cause of my, also my attitude is like, why not me, bitch? Like, you know, yeah. you know what? these are who, what, what's the difference like you're doing this i could do it why not me you know yeah. that's also the way i look at it so and that's what i try to tell other people it's like why not you dude who what what there's nothing really dividing you from anybody else just why not you know do your thing absolutely well we are going to take a very quick break here and then we're going to come back and we're going to hit you with the rapid fire four first we're going to give a little love out to our our best friend drew stepic and godless horrors then i'm going to let christina hit you with all of these questions because i feel like i talked too damn much so we'll be right just sitting here (laughs) she's just She's I'm talking living in the, she's No, living I'm in the, sitting here. I mean, you guys, I'm sitting the fucking here not podcast. To to work. The podcast doesn't work if there's yeah. no talking. So I think we're I think we're doing all right. <laughs> hey kids. Looking for a way to affordably access the best and wildest independent extreme horror currently in existence? Godless Horrors is the place to be. Go to www.godless.com to gain access to thousands of extreme horror and splatterpunk books from the genre's best and brightest independent authors. Godless Horrors offers every title in their catalog in a variety of formats to ensure compatibility with your favorite digital reading device. Strapped for cash? No worries. Godless has a fantastic collection of free titles ready for instant download, with other titles in their collection rarely exceeding $3 to $4. Again, go to www.godless.com or download the app and tell them what the fuck you're looking for. Come join the Godless tribe today. Forever delightfully deviant. Forever Godless. Right, right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the whole point of us starting this podcast was so that we could fangirl over people and selfishly well. get a chance to talk to them on Zoom. <laughs> well, so <laughs> I'm not doing this. I ain't doing this shit for anybody but me. So y'all right? can suck my That's non-existent this... lady dick. <laughs> oh, it's a vanity present. <laughs> I felt that was aggressive. Like you're right in the she camera. Really 
I got a long list of motherfuckers that can suck my like Fire in your eyes there. It's crazy, man. Like, oh, don't man. look her in the eyes right now. Don't look her in the eyes right now. We know. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a spicy cupcake. Let me tell you. You are is a that, spicy cupcake. Is that an Amigo the Devil shirt? Yeah, Amigo the Devil shirt. Doesn't he? He sings that like dead. everyone dies, like you, your people are dead, or whatever. He sings a lot of good songs. Oh my God. I just got to see him in Mechanicsburg at a, at a tiny, tiny venue. His last small venue show before he just hit the stadium tour with Google. Oh, sweet. Oh, cool. <laughs> oh my God. He's incredible. All right. Let's do it. Christina, um, it's yeah. time. You must take. Jay say, and you must run him through the gauntlet. Yeah, yeah, the gauntlet, the, right. the four questions that we ask. This is like double dare. I'm ready. It is. It really is. It, is. it really challenge. is. We will right. expect you to, to climb inside of a giant booger filled nose. Oh, and find that flag. You know, I will. <laughs> and if you don't, you got 60 seconds. Okay, okay so first. First one, which of your characters do you identify with the most and why? Ah, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Starting it out strong. He's like, I don't want you. I don't want you to talk to her. Again. Okay, interesting. Uh, good. That's a great question. I, you know, man, um, and by man, I mean the royal uh, editorial. Uh, it's all right. Man. It's all right. Uh, it, there's, you know, there's, I'd be lying to say, you know, m most of my characters have a little bit of me in them, but the one I identify as probably uh, because it was just like at such a weird point in my life when I wrote it was, is the protagonist in Scummer who is uh, unnamed um, much like a couple of my other, like death packs, the guy's not named. That's like my little homage to Chuck Palahniuk. Yeah. So like that book is like, it's, it's weird. It's divisive. It's different. Than my other stuff, it's it's all dystopian. It's a descriptive narrative. It's very gross, um, but I describe it as finding yourself through a disgusting lens because life is disgusting, and it, it's it, it was like at a point where I was like trying to figure out like what what the hell I was even doing, and it it's uh, something I go back to where I'm like, yeah, I remember that point in my life. I I I it, I've been through this. I I can do this. You know. So that I guess I identify most with, um, as far as just realness goes. But uh, you know, in death packs, I want to make a deal with some kind of thing, too. <laughs> but yeah, but this guy, the kind of scummer. Yeah. Did I did I win? You well. <laughs> one fourth. One, one fourth. There's more. There's more. Okay. 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 <laughs> You've completed stage one. Yes. Stage one is complete. Pass. <laughs> Is there any other literary genre that you would like to try writing? And why mm. is it romance? No, I thought of like, you know, that's always something that you like kind of throw around, like maybe I'll start writing some of those romance. But like, um, no, to like take a, like a page from Triana, who we've, we've talked about way too much on my episode, first <laughs> yeah, of all. Uh, no. <laughs> Triana, who? Like, I don't even. No, know. I love, no, I love you. That. I love you, Chris. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I, I like crime to like the uh, crime novels. I've been reading a lot of those, and like, I did one of these westerns also for Death's Head that comes out. I think the it's August, September. Yeah. Um, 
And I, I, I'm like, I, that was a thing where I was like, I'm not writing a Western. Okay. Because my name is John Wayne. I live in Texas. It's a hat on a hat. What the hell, you know, come on. Give me hat a on a hat. So, like, I, <laughs> so I passed like on that first round of them. I'm like, I'm not writing ones. So they're like, okay. But then they came back and I was like, you know what? let me give this a try so i started reading like like triana gave me a bunch of westerns to read and i got really into that that style and i was like okay i can do this my way and when you read it of course it is you know much like kyle chandler's was his you know way uh chandler morrison shouts out mine you'll see is minus this is a john wayne western like you know thing so i'm very i'm happy with i'm very proud of that because it was kind of like okay i'm stepping out into this but i would like to get into crime uh maybe write a crime thing like the new uh my newest work in progress that's being edited right now is is still like a it's still got this element of this creepy magical realism but it is like a it's all told in second person um like there is this drug war thing going on anyway i don't we'll talk about that later but i i kind of am trying to put my like you know little bit of myself into some crime stuff too so i guess that that's kind of what i i'd like to write more of maybe so when you talk about crime are you talking like horror thriller crime fiction or are you talking about like fiction based on true cases or oh no like the, the first here? the first one like uh just the gritty like downtown noir. underbelly um i don't crime even know if it's noir that noiry because it's it's me still so it's like crime waney you know john waney crime but um officially you'll see. a new genre <laughs> right <laughs> Do they fit into this genre or not? Crime Wayne. <laughs> that's a that's a triple subreddit like dark web corner of the dark web. No one wants to go to. All right, which is your favorite story that you have written? Um, that's really hard. Um, you mean like uh, as far as like my books or any mm-hmm. any story? So when any people story. ask me that, when people ask me at the table, I go, I, I do go to Death Packs and Left Hand Paths because it combines horror, humor, and the occult, mm-hmm. like three kind of things I do. It was the first, it was my first Grindhouse release and it kind of like gave me some momentum and I, I was like, oh yeah. So I, I have a lot of just connection to that book, but it's just also fun story and and i i think it shows kind of like okay this is what john wayne does now you can branch off uh from there but um one of the stories i'm pretty pr- proud of that i wrote recently is in the uh boinking bizarro anthology i don't know if uh, oh, either yeah. of you have read that um i own it but i haven't read it yet oh okay well this is this disgusting book and a disgusting story <laughs> from me um the premise is like supposed to be like erotic you know takes on works of like you know literary fiction or something so my thing was i was shell silverpeen writing the receiving tree oh and, my uh, god i love shell silverstein so much me too me too i love it shelby's a to z is like one it's, of the best books ever this is you will hate me after this it's just very gross but it it, <laughs> it was one of those things so like danger slater and, and brian asman edited that and they you know uh you know, put out, you know, they put out the call, but they approached me and like, Hey, we want you to write a story for this. And I was like, okay. And they're like, here's the things that you can pick, like whatever. And then, and I was shell silver peen and the story just came to me like that, like that. <laughs> I was just like, I was like the next day, the next day, I'm like three drafts later, I'm sending it to danger. I'm like, Here you go, man, tell me the next move. And he's like, okay, was not expecting this to come back. <laughs> 
was like, <laughs> wow, that's the efficient. Next, so. <laughs> <laughs> it was just one of those stories that was so ridiculous. And it just came to me that like, so I, I, I actually, I would say short story wise, check that one out. Oh, well, that's moving to the top of my list. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Just more moving on the TBR. And last, but yes. not least. Yes. If you could co-author with anyone living or dead, who would it be? Hmm. Co-authoring is hard. So pick a dead person because that's easier. <laughs> right? Because then I could just ghost write it all. Yeah, like, yeah, there you go. See? Just pretend you put that name on it. Man, I uh you know, maybe I don't know, maybe like Kurt Vonnegut. If, if I just just to the for the experience, because he's like one of my all time favorites, I, I'd probably just let him write all of my parts like out of the book, you know, but but the experience of working with someone like him, I think would be uh, invaluable and pretty and pretty cool as long as we're dipping in, in a fantasy territory here. I can't hear you. Yeah. Oh. Marin, 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 we can't hear you. We can't hear you. Did you did you <gasps> mute yourself? finally we can yeah. talk <laughs> oh she's back she's back can you never hear mind. Me now god damn it stupid never mind cat ears headphones oh, we're actually i was over here mumbling to myself about how much i love kurt vonnegut we oh, are yeah. actually Cat's reading Cradle is one of my all-time favorite books i own all but two of his on audiobooks so slaughterhouse i'm obsessed is one of my top five books it, it, like uh, mm-hmm. in, in my top five i love that book like just it like really it blew my brain away inspired me in like weird ways with time the whole thing and i, I love that book read it a billion times so i don't know you said you mentioned the audiobooks do you have the the audiobook that james mm-hmm. franco narrates oh, I, I wanna... love james franco okay so i, I he's fine but why he i was like oh james franco he's an actor this will be great why does he read it so deadpan? It's like, I chose to read this as deadpan as possible and no one's going to change my mind. I'm James Frank. You know? Right? Yeah. <laughs> I have thoughts about James Franco and a lot of them are like within that same vibe. And I'm like, I want to respect <laughs> you, but also I don't respect you. <laughs> I, I have yeah, I, no, haven't, I, I haven't listened to it, but I own the paperback copy of that too. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, that's one of my favorites. So yeah, I, I would, actually I would work with all him. There are a lot of books that I keep up further where my short people can't reach them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do too. Actually, in a very slick mom move, I have mixed Vonnegut books in with like my daughter's YA books in the hopes that she'll just start picking them up and reading them so that she'll just start exposing herself to it. Cause I feel like you're never too young to start Mm-mm. getting this perspective about the no. world and what it really Mm-mm. is. And he's not vulgar or disgusting Mm-mm. or like you, it doesn't matter how old you are. If you're in, you've got the right intellect for it. You're going to pick it up and be like, Oh shit, man. Yeah. I, I get it. it. I get it. I get it. And that's the kind of kid I want to raise. So <laughs> my daughter's yeah. got all kinds of Kurt Vonnegut books mixed in with her roll doll and awesome. her <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> Another thing I love about Kurt Vonnegut is how he weaves the universes in, mm-hmm. like, you know, you, you talk about Kilgore Trout in like almost every book, you know, you're getting all the, this kind of rollover from his different universes. 
And I always love that when you, I find an author that's like Anderson Prunty does that yeah. and uh, very like little small ways. And I'm always like, hey, dude, I know. I remember. I know what you're doing here. You know, I like that. I do that a lot. It, yeah. it's, it's like a, it's just like a little nod. It's a little wink. You know, it's cool. You, know, you don't have to like explain it or anything like that. And he does that a lot. And that's one yeah. of the first, I guess, when I was yeah. a kid, I was like, oh, cool. You know, so Morrison does that a lot, too. He's got Morrison and Harding. He, yeah, mm. they both. Harding yeah. is really big into it, mm. which, well, you know, for someone like me, I'm, I, I nerd out like, I mean, for fart's sake, I tab, you know, I mean, that's like, that's my element is yeah. when I can find all those little Easter eggs. Yeah. I love it. I love that kind of stuff. Well, it just well, takes it to a next level, right? It you, does. Because they're little tiny. I feel like when an author puts that level of detail into something, it's mm-hmm. a little gift to themselves but also a gift to the people who they know are really paying attention and who are really processing and becoming involved in the world that they're building. And it's just such a beautiful little gift to be able to read a book and be like, (laughs) (laughs) you thought you were being crafty, but you're not. You you look up, you're like, nobody's nobody's there. Exactly. We tried to call Chandler Morrison on that. He was like, no. <laughs> you guys are just crazy. <laughs> deny, deny, deny. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Chandler. Damn it. <laughs> well, you have been amazing and so much fun to hang out with. Thank you so, so much. Right. Okay. Can I play a song for you guys before we? Oh! Um. Cool? Yeah. Oh, please. Okay. Because I have. <laughs> Cause I have this record that I'm doing. That's all acoustic uh, songs. It's going to be like a special limited release. So I'm getting like pre-production and stuff ready right now. And I also want to um, shout out your Patreon because. Shout it out. It's, it's amazing because I think I do like the $25 a month. And Thank when you. you, you're welcome. When you first sign up, you get like a little pack of stuff. And I was like, Oh, you get a little book, you know, that's really great. But like, it came in this box full of stuff. Like I have John Wayne stuff all around my house. My husband's like, who is this? And I'm like, you're not fucking cool enough to know, pal. Sorry about <laughs> that's Go name. read Michael Moorcock and leave me alone. <laughs> like, mind your business, Michael. Um, don't worry about it. God, you're so uncool. <laughs> but yes, definitely check out the Patreon. Like, you get a book, and I got like pictures, and I got where is it at? I got this. Like, I got all kinds of stuff. That's so I like yeah, to, I like to try to take care of people. You know, it because it, I I I do appreciate the you notes. Know, tons like i always shout out my patreon on on john made lie to you it it it, it's a huge it's not just it it means a lot it just means a lot like even like no matter what like five dollars a dollar it's all like thank you thank you thank you like it means it means a lot and i try to put cool ass shit on my patreon wall like because everyone gets access to the wall no matter what Mm -hmm. tier you join so i've been putting up like videos of me doing karaoke at the convention Ah, lately like because I'll kill karaoke uh, if you were at like author con. Were you at the reading? I can't remember. Yes, uh, I was. Okay, so like I my was at various readings. So my all those songs I played, those are up there. The videos, um, the stories I told are on the podcast. Like I put all that stuff. So there's a lot of extra stuff I try to take care of everyone that that 
that helps me out there. So I just and yeah. Death Packs um, is completely free on his Patreon. The entire oh, audiobook. It is, and that's like that's even a diff. That's like a different Easter egg, I guess, because that's not even the one that's on Audible. That's like a oh, whole other wow. one I did. Yeah. Oh, see, what, clever. What, now I've got to go get the goddamn one off the op. Crap. Well, it, well, it was when I was learning kind of how to do that. You know, yeah. auto, ACX has so many rules. There's so many different mm-hmm. like technical things that I was like, oh, I'm stupid. Uh, I should have <laughs> read all this shit first before I did the whole book. <laughs> so I had to like just scrap it. And like, you know, when I got my set up right, then I, I did it. But I was like, well, I'm going to put this one up. Yeah. But so, yeah, it's like it's cool. That's a cool little thing, you know. But what are you yeah, gonna but sing? anyway, I'd love to, I'd love to play a song. Um, this is a, this is one of my songs that'll be on the record. This is called Death Wish. Where do you get up the nerve to cut me to the bone? When I won't stop till I am gone What makes you think makes me happy What makes you think this is fine What makes you think you're always right Every day and every night When all you think is wrong Don't act like you're impressed I've seen you throw yourself at Tolerance and a death wish intent. So to say, you knew me well. What makes you think makes me happy? What makes you think this is fine? What makes you think you always like every day and every night when not you get gonna go to school and tell kids that she listens to music awesome. this morning. Yeah, that's awesome. 
So for more information on John Wayne Kavanaugh, please, please visit his website, johnwayneisdead.com. Where else do you want them to come to find you? That, that is the one-stop shop for everything. If you can get to that website, everything is right there. You can get to my new apparel line that's out, mm-hmm. my apparel shop. Um, uh, you can get to the Chris, uh, the podcast I do with Christopher Triana is right there. Uh, my other podcast. You can go to my shop there. You can see all my dates. And you can, fo- you can follow me at, at John Wayne is Dead on everything. But again, if you go to my website, it's all right there. One-stop, easy shop. JohnWayneIsDead.com. Uh, Triana made the unfortunate uh, statement to me at AuthorCon that he would consider coming to do this show for season two. So um, you can tell him now it's probably a bad idea. Yeah. And that we're the worst. <laughs> They're pretty tragic. <laughs> I'm actually just going to do them. I'm just going to just say, follow that, asshole. <laughs> yeah, I can't do better than Mic this. Mic drop. Boom. <laughs> So you also should definitely come join all three of us. I think Shay Dublavese is in the Mothers of Mayhem official Facebook group. But that is where you really want to be if you want to keep up with us and what's going on. Um, you can find links to our, our merch store because we have mm. the merchandise as well. Um, and we have ultimate fan community reading soundtrack playlists you're on spotify right because i need to start adding your stuff to our playlist yep. and you have all your music on youtube right so i can start adding stuff in there too yeah um, music, we're on every streaming service so spotify right. and Bandcamp, all that stuff good 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 so you'll find a lot of his music in those playlists as well um we also provide exclusive info content and we often have a lot of giveaway opportunities plus so much more the finale of season one of mothers of mayhem is fast approaching we will be on hiatus until at least early to mid-september um the second season is going to look a little different because mid-season i'm going to be popping out another kid so we might have to take a break and if you want to stay with us and stay in close contact with the weird book mommies facebook group is the place to be my children you can find uh various links to all of our social media accounts in the show bio and as always you can send questions comments or insults to our email mom extreme podcast at gmail.com it's m.o.m.extremepodcast um do not forget to send dildos to christina dm me if you need her mailing address do not send me any more pictures of fucking zach anthropomorphic shark baggins i swear to god i will find all of you motherfuckers and i will end you (laughs) zach baggins is the best baggins you're you're full of shit as always (laughs) (laughs) a huge thank you to amigo the devil for allowing us to use the song hungover in jonestown as our theme um go listen you listen to to John Wayne Kamenali, you listen to Amiga Devil. Give these guys your well-deserved love. And uh, until next time, we would like you to go raise some fucking hell, children. Make your weird book mommies proud. All right, we love you. I love you. Thanks, back. John Wayne. You're yeah. great. I can't wait to have you back again. That was fucking fun. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Life is a joke 
Death is the punchline. Oh, la, 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 la. 